This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All this moment for all my life. Hold on. I can feel it coming in the air tonight. Dude. 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 I want to parody this a parody this song for Nurses Week. We're doing like our own live bumper music on the show. <laughs> No. It's it's really it's really tremendous. Uh, I want to do a version of that for nurses, <laughs> for week nurses week because it'd be amazing, right? Someone said it's quiet on the wards tonight. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> <laughs> dun, dun, dun. That's really good, right? We should do it because everybody knows nurses hate when you say that to Dude, them. Everybody does. Like that's like the biggest faux pas. You go on, start your ER shift, your hospital <laughs> shift. Man, it's totally quiet tonight. Oh snap! It's like. Who brought this bitch? <laughs> yeah, you need to shut your hole. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> and it's usually some like cowering male medical student who's like, "Man, it's really quiet today." And they're like, "Do you remember?" <laughs> Let me pull up everyone's comments here. So, what are we gonna talk about today? Oh, we're gonna talk what about. We're talk about sparkotypes. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so check it out. Lead peeps. it in. Uh, my therapist. Yeah, that's right. It's pronounced the rapist. Because I work on my mind, dog. Keep it strong. Um, <laughs> it's but, true, though. But no, all joking aside, Tom has a therapist, and it's actually helped him a lot. Yes, it's true. He's 70% the asshole when I met him. It's true. Which actually is a little sad, because yeah. I, I fell in love with the asshole <laughs> that I met. Anyways, go on. Anyway, my therapist was like, you should listen to this uh, podcast. It's called The Good Life Project. And they have this thing um, about how to live your your best life or your, like your truth or whatever. It's like an Oprah thing, right? Mm. And I was like, first of all, I was like, I'm not going to – it's it's what I thought. I can't repeat on camera, but I was like, that's the lamest shit <laughs> I ever heard in my life. Um, and so I was like, I'm not doing that. And then I couldn't sleep the other night, and so I finally listened to it on her recommendation. I was like, hmm interesting and they ha- so they have this thing called a sparkotype which is so lame i can't even begin oh, to tell you wow but it's based on this japanese concept of ikigai have you heard about this before i have not but it sounds like something andy loin would know about. so there's a there's a thing floating around the on the on the internet it's a meme and, it, and in the middle of it it says ikigai and basically it's a venn diagram that goes in like 12 different directions that's like you know what you're good at what you love what you can get paid for all these kinds of things and then in the middle is ikigai it's like your your purpose your true life's calling right where you find yourself in a in a flow state or whatever mm. so they have this thing called the sparkotype which is like the white people version of ikigai <laughs> And so we we t- we took the assessment. I took it last night, and then on my recommendation, I made everybody on the team take it. So I made Z take it, and I made Logan take it, and uh, we all got interesting results. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so I you know 
it's funny because normally <clears throat> if a guy had asked me to take some kind of online personality test, <laughs> I'd have been like, okay, this conversation's over. But it's Tom Heineber. And as Tom progresses through the, the therapy, he usually comes away with occasional pearls. Dude, by the way, there's this joke on Twitter where this guy was, this guy was like, hey, listen, Facebook's selling your data, everybody, okay? So if you took a BuzzFeed test in 2011 about which Ninja Turtle you were and you got Michelangelo, good luck getting a mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Now, see, now I'm worried they're gonna know that my Sparkotype, you know, doesn't 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 love a hoe. Like, oh damn, this guy got the he got the you don't love a hoe Sparkotype. Anyway, so 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 he's we sat down and we took this on our phones. It takes like you know five minutes, mm -hmm. and but you have to answer honestly because the the questions keep getting revised based on what you said previously. Right. You have to be brutally honest with yourself. Like, is oh I want to be this person, but no no no, that's not who I am. I'm this person. So we took it. And who should we talk about first? Let's first talk about that? your result, because I thought your result was very interesting. Because I was expecting one of the uh, sparkotypes <laughs> is called um, the entertainer. And I was expecting Z to get the entertainer. And then there's another, you get a sub-sparkotype, which I was expecting you to get the maker, which you know means you're creative and you make things. And you did get that one. Yeah, I got that but as a sub But your, your main sparkotype was... Uh, <laughs> it sounds was, like a... <laughs> I know, it's so terrible. <laughs> like it's, a My Little Pony. It's so terrible. It's sparkotype. It's a good test, but that sounds so dumb, like yeah. the marketing around it. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Uh, your main one was the sage, which yeah. basically means that you get the most joy, you find the most personal fulfillment in teaching others, yeah. which makes a lot of sense when you stop to think about your whole career path and like you went from um teaching mcat uh you know at berkeley and then you know going on and on and on you know you you've always been in some sort of uh teaching role like you used to lead residents you the reason you love stanford right is because it's a teaching hospital it's one of the best teaching hospitals in the world you know it's strange i'm not much for introspection like we've had this conversation like if you ask me to tell them tell people what i'm about i'm like i'm a professional clown that juggles i'm TV, and, and I'm, I'm unable to to, to self-reflect to the degree that I can actually express it. What's interesting is this test is exactly that. It made me realize, wait, no, that's exactly what it is. The through line in my life has been teaching. So there's a subtype of this, which is you're passionate about learning stuff that you care about, and but not as a as a, in and of itself, but as a means to teach others and see them light up when they get it, right? The whole Z-Dog thing was about because you can entertain people doing a lot of things. Right. Huh? You could be a filmmaker, you could be a musician, you could, none of that has any interest to me. It was using the Z-Dog platform as a mechanism to teach other people or inspire people or get people around an idea and see what they say about it and watch them react to it and interact with it. So it, it, this thing was remarkable. I was like, this is, I was a little skeptical and then I got the result and I'm like, that's what it is. And then the subtype of the maker means, well, so how do you teach? Well, you create. A platform that's unique to do that. And what's interesting is yours was something that was a little surprising, but on reflection actually isn't. So we should say that we, uh, everybody on the team had the same subtype, sub which is, is the maker, the maker yeah. which is, you know, it makes sense because we're all in a creative field and we all make content and do things every right. single day. Right. Logan had the maker, you had the maker, I had the maker. That was our sub archetype. Right. Uh, my, my main, my primary one was called, was the scientist. Mm -hmm. which I was not expecting to get. I was expecting my main one to be the maker, like the creative type. And right. then I was like, I, on on introspection, you know, it makes a lot of sense because everything's a means to an end for me. Like, I, I want to make a video to get to some fundamental truth about humanity or what we're doing here, or, you know, something that's objectively true. And, yeah. that's, and that's science at that's, the heart of it. I just use... 
you know, art to do it. And, and I think that's true. And that's why you're so interested in things like cryptocurrency as a scientific means to transform certain problems like inflation and economic right. inequality and things like that. Well, and it's, it's interesting because, you know, um, me and Z always are batting around, you know, ideas when we, when we talk about things. And Z is always like, here's what I want to do. I learned this new thing about this. And I want to teach people about X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, and this is me. I'm like, that's some dumb shit that <laughs> some idiot wrote a book about. That doesn't mean anything to, you know what I mean? Yeah. What, we're not doing that. That's stupid, Z. Yeah. And then Z's like, Tom Heinberg, I, I pay your salary, so sh <laughs> shut up. We're going to do it. <laughs> and that's no, how we produce some of the mediocre content. People. That's no, I'm exactly kidding. right. No, but it, it's, it's exactly true. I'm actually putting in the, I'm trying to put in the link for, um, for the... Oh, the assessment. The assessment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. the problem is these little dillets. Move so we'll so talk fast. about, while Z is doing that, I'll talk about Logan, who got the Maven as his primary, yeah. which sounds a little effeminate, I'm not going to lie, but <laughs> it's okay. He's a Maven, people. He's he's a Maven. And anyway, the Maven is an interesting archetype because it really, um, I'm saying archetype because I don't want to use Sparkotype. Yeah, anyway, no, Sparkotype it really does. It really does define Logan. Logan is constantly interested in uh, learning new things all the time and that's what the maven is it's like you're the type of person who just wants to learn you're like a voracious reader and you always want to know about you want to dive in uh you want to use immersion to get into new topics and subjects and you want to keep churning through these topics and subjects so that eventually you learn everything right yeah and uh i think it's interesting because that's totally logan. It's kind of logan and he and, and, and it's not part of that archetype to actually share that knowledge with others Yes. So yeah, yeah. So unlike the teacher, uh -huh. Z gets the knowledge, and then he wants to go shout it from the mountaintops, right? Logan gets the knowledge, and he's like, "Well, now I learned that. All right, <laughs> it's true. Next, and you, know? you just want the knowledge to be correct. You're looking for truth. I'm just looking for truth in an absolute sense, yeah. the scientist way. Mm -hmm. And all of us have the maker subtypes that we want to build it. And I put the link for the good." Um, goodlifeproject.com uh, or whatever the hell it is. Yeah. So you can take it. It's free. I think you give them your email and you can opt out of the email list. But it's definitely worth doing because what it does, again, anything that cuts through our self-deception. So this idea that we're really good at lying to ourselves about what we are and who we are. So I could lie to myself and say, no, I'm about you know truth for the sake of truth, or I'm about entertaining, or I'm about you know transforming medicine. The yeah. truth is, no, I'm about being the sage figure that that helps others to learn things that I'm passionate about and then teach others too. So that, that's my thing. And once you come to terms with what your archetype is, then you can start to go, am I living in a way that yeah. actually takes, and I, I got a mouthful of xylitol. Xylitol, delicious. <laughs> Stop showing <and> xylitol. <laughs> oh, um, you, you can... <laughs> Is there a, a, a archetype called the shill? The shill. Yeah, because I'd like to be Dr. That. Oz yeah. is uh, the shill. No one's paying us. We just have all this xylitol because <laughs> they came and brought like a case of it when they, we did the show. It's. I think it's an interesting assessment. The reason I made everybody take it and the reason my therapist made me take it is because it sort of clarifies what you're all about. And so I think in a lot of, you know, in life, we find ourselves living in these diluted ways often where we're like, that's not who I am. I'm the guy who does this and that. You know, it's like the John Lennon thing. Life is what happens when you're busy making other plans. You right. Know? You, you often have an unclear perception of who you are. Well, and we have this conversation all the time on the show. I think it's important for healthcare people, too, because they're often in these jobs where they feel so commoditized and devalued. And 
they're like, who am I? Totally. I'm, the eye is lost. Yeah. Like, it's just this mess of, you know, and it's funny. It's, so, or like you went in, maybe you went in to be a doctor because you like really wanted to help people. Right. And you got beaten down by the system. You realized you couldn't help people. And then at a certain point, you, you made it about money. And you were right, like, right. I'll just make money. Right. And that's fine. But I'll then, take care of my family. Then you, you know. do the, the the archetype thing, and you realize, oh no, actually, I went in this to relieve suffering. Like right. I'm, I'm the healer, or whatever yeah. archetype it is. So it's interesting. So to ask me these questions, it's almost like the computer understands the direction you're going as it starts to craft the question. Yes. And it started going, oh, this guy may be a doctor or something or some kind of healer. So it started asking me these questions. So you're all about here. Do you disagree with this statement? Like, if you had all the money in the world, you would relieve human suffering. And I was like. That's like a four out of 10 for me. Right. Because honestly, that's not, if I'm being honest with myself, like there are better ways to do that than just going out and doing charity or whatever for me. Like actually the teaching is a way I relieve human suffering, but it's not the primary. And so if you answer that truthfully, you get a truthful answer. Mm -hmm. So you can be in medicine and not be the compassionate Mother Teresa type, but you can still help people using your gift. So I think this is a super useful tool. I, I was a little bit surprised. The more I think about it, the more I'm like, Tom Heineber is not as uh, you know clinically, uh, you know, um, disadvantaged as I thought. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's interesting just to have something, and it's not one, you know, it's not one of these like, what type of brownie are you? It's like you're a fudge brownie. Here's why you're a little nuts. Uh, you know, whatever. It's it's actually something that's somewhat informative. Um, although you know, sparkotype is oh my god, oh, it's, it's terrible. It's, uh, it's noxious. Um, well, and we talked about you know we took the Jordan Peterson test, the Big Five personality right. test. This is not incompatible with that, but they're very different. Yeah. So you know, how open are we? How conscientious are we? How diligent are we? You know, are we an introvert or an extrovert? Those kind of things. That's what it'll tell you. This is more like, are you walking the path that your elephant, right, your unconscious? really is designed to walk. Totally. And if you're not, then you might find that you're unhappy or you might find that you're always looking for the next thing. I mean, I yeah. get so many messages from people too. It's like, yeah. oh, and this is interesting too. So one of the questions, the lines of questions it started asking me was, you get the most joy, is this true or not, from mentoring others, coaching others, advising others one-on-one? -on -one. And I was like, hell no. Like I get so many messages in my inbox. They're like, I need your advice on this. And I'm like, I wanna die right now. Yeah. I can't advise you. I don't know you. I don't, I can do a show right. about the topic you're talking about right. and be fired up in a flow state and passionate about it. And then you can take out of that what is personal to you. But I'm not your personal mentor. So I figured that out too. It's kind of interesting. No, it's interesting. You know, think about it too. Like um, when we first met, you were uh, living in oblivion on YouTube. Like, <laughs> no, really. You had a little bit of, you know, a little bit of juice, but like it wasn't really happening for you. And I was like, as the scientist, as my archetype, I came, I come in and I'm like, oh, you need to be on Facebook. Because that's where your demo is. Like mm. that's where people are. And Facebook is attacking Google right now and trying to juice their algorithms. So now's the perfect time to make the switch. And then we started putting all the content on Facebook. And then people started following it writ large. And that helps you teach. And it makes me feel good because I figured out the truth about right. what was needed in this situation. That's true. You, you get know? a dopamine rush from being correct and figuring out the oh. truth. Dude, I love being right so much. Being right is so much better. It's better than sex. Like being right is the greatest feeling in the world. You know what I mean? You know how you shouldn't. I don't. You know, you know how you shouldn't. You know how you shouldn't fight with your wife. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Because you know, you're not going to get any sex. Right. Uh, 
There, on rare occasions, being right feels almost better <laughs> until I realize what I've done. And then I'm like, I'm so sorry. I apologize. This, see, but now this is specific, I think, to your science. To, to me, yeah. Yeah, because it's funny. I have no problem. I actually sometimes enjoy being wrong because it creates more drama and teachable moments. Mm. But so it's so it's interesting. So because I remember you were proposing that we do uh, Moana's um, You're Welcome. Oh, yeah. For Nurses Week three, two years ago. Mm-hmm. And I remember just being like, well, I don't know the song that well. I saw the movie. I didn't really love it. Maybe, I don't know, what is it about? And you're like, trust me, Z. It clicks these boxes. It has this emotional valence. It has this. And then I listen to it again, and I'm like, okay, I feel it. I feel the valence. So now I'm enjoying this. I'm going to make it. And when it went crazy, you were like, I told you. (laughs) (laughs) Like, this this was correct. This was the right thing that's my favorite shit and yet i was miserable because i was like i hate this video i hate everything about it i because it just felt it, it felt so cheesy to me but yet there it was that's why actually... i like investing too investing is like that because it's like here's how right i was denominated in u.s currency you know what i mean <laughs> yeah, but i was you... exactly this right i love it is that why you like trolling too you're a very good troll trolling is great too yeah 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 trolling is really though about exposing others because trolling is a rhetorical art form right 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 Trolling is very uh, similar to like what Socrates and Plato would do back in the day. I mean, that was trolling. They were professional trolls. Yeah. yeah. Um, troll. When you troll, you set a honeypot. If you're doing trolling correctly, like to go on and troll and be like, you know, hey, you're a stupid, ugly, fat piece, piece of lard. That's not trolling. You're just being a mean dick, right? Yeah. You have to create a trap that people are going to fall into, and then when they fall into the trap, then you hit them with the second piece of your, you know, whatever you're trolling about. Right. And it's very specific. It's rhetorical. That's interesting. Yeah. And is it again? Is it about being right? That's about exposing truth. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Exposing truth. Because. Right. Oftentimes people are wandering around with um, something incorrect in their heads Mm. or they're deluded about X, Y, and Z. Mm. And you just clarify it and you just be like, look how wrong you are. Here it is. Right, right, right. That's why I like trolling. Right. Now, the problem is I think it doesn't... uh, Like one time I went on the anti-vax message boards for people who don't know the story. And uh, I got a a woman to move her houseplant (laughs) from one side of the room to the other because she she had posted a thing and she was like... um, Hey, I have this Himalayan salt crystal lamp and I have this house plant that are both supposed to have magic properties. And I'm worried that these two magic properties interact. And I was like, you don't know how close you almost came to death. They do interact. Here's why. Here's a Norwegian study that I just fake wrote. It says these points about how the energies from the healing chakras and the crystals, you know, co-mingle. And then they create sort of a toxic factor. So you're actually toxifying your home by having them too close because two negatives make a, make a toxin, I guess. And <laughs> she sent me a picture of her. She had moved her plant 10 feet away because I told her to move it 10 to 12 feet away. Wow. And she was like, is this better? And I was like, you nailed it. You're going to be in the clear now. You're like, you're safe. Like, you're okay. That's tremendous. And you know, what you're doing is you're satirizing the incorrect nature yes. of the harmony. It's like the guy who wrote the, t- the, the, the academic piece, the group that wrote the academic right, paper right, right. about doggy rape and doggy rape culture, and mm-hmm. basically just took all the tropes of outrage culture and academia and wrote a fake paper that got peer-reviewed and accepted exactly. to multiple journals because it used all the keywords like doggy rape culture and, uh, you know, and, yeah. and identity Trolling politics. is not about... People get this wrong about <laughs> trolling where they're like, you know, well, you're not even convincing the person because you're being mean to them, and people that are mean, they don't, you know, you catch more flies with uh, honey, and... <laughs> And you're like, okay, listen, I'm. Uh, this is a digital head on a digital spike. Mm. I, this is a warning to all other idiots. Yeah, like, don't yeah. go near. Okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's dumbness here. 
Yeah, I think that's exactly correct. Um, let's see. Uh, what do we got here? Don, Donna Lordy, uh, the problem is that sometimes truth is subjective where facts are always yeah, objective. Yeah, this is such bullshit. And, truth is not subjective. And they it's are not always the same thing. Mm, truth is not subjective. Truth is 100% objective. Like, airplanes don't fly through the sky because... <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I think I think we're done. What, well, let me see. The problem is sometimes truth is subjective, but where the facts are always so facts are always objective. Truth is subjective. Facts and truth are the same, and they thing. are not always the same thing. They're the same thing. So she's arguing they're not. So so she may be coming from, and again, I can't put words in her mouth. She's very smart uh, and is usually right about most things. But it, this is more of the postmodernist idea that yeah, truth is relative. Truth is not relative. So truth is objective. Suck it up, snowflakes. There's one truth. You can all live by it or you can all choose not to. Well, so it's interesting. So someone like Sam Harris actually written a book about moral, uh, the moral foundations. Uh, I forget the name of the book. It's something, something. He's saying morality is an objective truth. Yes. And so the way you measure it is, does it increase the well-being of conscious entities or decrease their suffering? If it does, then it's moral. If it makes it the opposite, then it's immoral. Objective truth is found uh, through consensus. So, yes, it's true that we all are individual nodes in a network and we all have our own vantage point on that network. But when you look at the whole, when you look at consensus between nodes, that's truth. So, but then is that an objective truth? Yes. You reach objective truth through subjective truth. So I guess it's not incompatible with what Donna's saying, which is there are facts and then there's truth. So that truth came f from the emergence of a, of a consensus among nodes. So in a way, that's a kind of subjective truth, but it's really truth. Now we're fighting about semantics. Yeah, it's semantics. Yeah. I mean, all this shit is semantics. Because to me, truth is like, is like God. It's one of those big words that has to maintain its meaning. Mm. Or like racism. Guess what? I feel this way about racism, too. That's a big word that has to maintain its meaning. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If I'm Meaning judging, it actually has to be yeah, racist. If I'm judging you because you're white, that's racist. Right, right. I don't care yeah. if there's power structures. Of course, you. there's power structures. What do there you have think? been power structures throughout time. Different power structures. Black people at the upper hand. White people at the upper hand. Jewish people have pretty much always been trampled upon. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe they and do. Yet have, secretly maybe they have the do, upper hand. <laughs> maybe they do have a legit claim. Yeah. Right. But I mean, it, that's if you're going to. I like the dictionary definition of words, man, because I'm the scientist. I'm like, hey. Let's not change around these words. Yeah. It's meant the same thing for thousands of years. You know what's interesting? So one thing, so I get this feedback occasionally. How come you never argue with Tom on the show? You never go at him and, you know, on these things that you may disagree about. And I'm like, because I find it highly educational for your viewpoint to be heard by our audience and me to just ask questions without necessarily, because I'm not searching, again, in my mind, truth precipitates from conversations and things like that. Mm. I don't need to be right. I, I, I need... I need to hear these ideas and experience them and see where they fit in my own pantheon. And I think the audience does that too, the more enlightened audience. Yeah. The other ones are just like, <laughs> see, or they agree. I need, yeah. I need to be right, which is why I gravitate towards things that have measurements. So mm. money's a measurement. Yeah. Uh, when we do videos, there are views on views, them. That's yeah. a measurement. Yeah. Likes are a measurement. Right. Engagement's a measurement. Yeah, yeah. I, I like being able to measure if I was right or not. Yeah, if you yeah. can't measure it, I'm like, oh. How do you know? Right. Yeah, yeah it's interesting. That's really interesting, which, which gets us interesting to the one seek video. So relating to that, like if you measure it purely on views, you know, we did a show that was just like two minutes of me talking about social media that got 4.6 million views by all accounts, a super successful piece. Do I feel like I want to hang my hat on meaning and purpose and teaching from that? No. Whereas one seek, which has 400 and some thousand views. Right. Uh, 
had more meaning and purpose for me and teaching in it that I feel more value from that video. The Bare Naked Ladies retweeted it, right? Hey, this, we get a lot of these yeah. parodies. This is like the one. See, I get more value out of the social media piece that was a hit because I was the one who asked you to do it. I was like, That's hey, true. talk about this thing with young girls in social media. And you know, my response was, I've already talked about this. Right. I've done five shows on this. But it was more succinct, which is why yeah. people were able to share it. Right, right, right. The whole right. thing. Yeah. So it's interesting. So it really, again, if you guys are wondering, audience, ZPAC, whether these self-reflection tools are useful or not, or whether they're bullshit or whether they're lame or whatever. My argument is, no, they're fucking really useful. Yeah. Because you now have a sense of- Even if you think it's wrong. Even if you think it's wrong, it's, it's even more useful. It's useful to know how you thought it was wrong. Right, why do you yeah. think it's wrong? Did you answer the questions wrong? Because if you answered the questions right and it gave you an answer, you need to do some self-reflection. I'm a skeptical person, okay? I'm the scientist, people. Anyway, <laughs> when I hear something is called a sparkotype assessment, oh, yeah. I'm like- dumb i'm not doing that mm -hmm. but then i did it and i was like you know what there's some value to be captured here tom when he was proposing it to us his like head was down a little he was looking at his phone he's like so guys i mean this is something you should do i'm gonna text it to you right now and <laughs> it's it's called the spark type and then both <laughs> me and logan were like okay buddy <laughs> okay we see it's monday maybe you're a little hungover i don't know what it is <laughs> and then we did it and we're like okay all right the truth has been exposed. Mm -hmm. Tom's a truth seeker. Uh, let's take some take some comments. Wait, who said the thing about truth earlier? That I'm it was aligned? Donna Lorde. Lordy. Donna, I'm sorry. I think we have a semantic disagreement. Yeah, I think you and Donna actually agree. Uh, by the way, Donna is a supporter and uh, has really enlightened me in private messages about how depression is really more than anything a function of social. It's a function of. Isolation, social isolation, social yeah. isolation. Yeah, it drug is addiction a, too. A drug addiction too, same yeah. thing. Because they're, they're correlated. Enemy, you know, this idea that you're disconnected from the larger set of connections that make us human. Yeah. I think it's very true. Do you know um, that um, in the areas with the uh, highest drug addiction, um, you also find the lowest uh, unemployment, and then you also find the highest uh, suicide rate? All three of those things correlate. You see, they're all, it's all a part of that yeah. disconnection it's, and, and it's men. Because yeah. when men have lost their jobs, they have no meaning in their life. Mm. And it goes back to exactly what we're talking about. You know, maybe they just need to take the sparkotype assessment. Yeah. You're a coal miner in West Virginia. I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just get online. Find your sparkotype, you know? No, bro. I don't know. Do you know uh, about, I, I should teach you about this. Do you know about Learn to Code? Did I tell you about this at all? No. So okay, so journalists, um, when the coal miners were losing their jobs, were were tweeting oh, out, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, maybe we should teach the coal miners to learn to code. That's right. Which is this very techno utopian, let them eat cake, which right, is right. like, you know, just let, well, if you oh, just like, learn how to code, yes, then you can exactly. Have a job. It's like yeah, because I'm a 50 year old coal miner and right. I'm a fucking learn to code. I'm yeah. not going to do that. So when the journalists started getting fired from BuzzFeed, um, <laughs> people went online trolling them rhetorically, and they kept saying. You know, why don't you just learn to code? Hey, <laughs> you know what I mean? You lost your job? Oh, you should just learn, learn to, to code, code right? right? And so uh, Twitter turned learn to code into hate speech. And oh, wow. so now you can't tweet that at a journalist. You can't tell a journalist to learn to code, which is basically like you can't point out where their thinking is flawed right. to them. See, this to me is again... Because it's now hate speech. Well, let, actually, let's, let's double down on this hate speech thing. So YouTube just demonetized all anti-vaccine speech. So if you're if you're... If your video is talking about vaccine denial, you cannot put ads on it anymore. Yeah. And I went on Twitter and tweeted this and said, this is a good thing. And honestly, if I were making hate speech of any kind, I would expect to be demonetized. I don't expect to be deplatformed necessarily, although I would say this, these are private entities. 
Yeah. Right? These are not public utilities. It's very tricky. Yeah. Because Cause now you're talking about censorship. And, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think it's tricky because, like, they, they are the public square, you know? Yeah. I'm on a Twitter... Um, <laughs> I'm yeah. on a Twitter suspension at the moment. Oh, so when so, Twitter's interesting because you know I tweeted out um, some very rude things about Noam Chomsky, <laughs> and uh, just the fact that you care at all what that jackass has to say. Yeah, I call yeah. them a limp dick soy boy. Oh, so it was a little harsh. And w- Twitter was like, "Hey, bro, uh, won't you go away for seven days?" Oh, you had a seven day suspension. Seven days suspension. Limp dick soy boy. <laughs> Can you can you listen? That's truth. I'm searching. I'm searching for truth. We all can look at Noam Chomsky and know his dick doesn't work. <laughs> what is a soy boy? I've never understood this. Is this uh, like that's that's based on the, the claim that eating soy increases estrogen? <laughs> <laughs> it's based on the myth, I should say, you, not the claim. You want to hear something terrible? So in in medical school, this is the thing about nutrition. We mm-hmm. know nothing about it. Right. So. Not not doctors. I'm saying human race knows nothing about nutrition. And so in medical school in the 90s, I got on this soy kick where all I would do was eat tofu three meals a day, thinking they say it's a health food. I'm going to eat it. I'm a medical student. It's low fat, high protein, lots of calcium. Mm-hmm. It's got to be good for you. I would season it. I would fry it 20 different ways. I'm pretty sure I grew man breath. <laughs> like 100%. I started menstruating. There is a lot of phytoestrogen in tofu. You got a little gynoclomastic. I got gynecomastic, and uh, actually one of the earliest troll comments on one of my videos, I did a video with Dr. Harry called Witch Doctor, and it was about the different specialties. And I, I had a shirt on that was tight, and my boobies were hanging, like kind of kind of droopy. Yeah. And because I was probably 10 pounds heavier than, then than I was now. And uh, some guy goes, bro, looks like you need gynosurgery. And I was like, what is that? And I had to search. I'm like, he wants me to have a breast reduction. And then I looked at myself and I, I had this moment of insight where I was like, I have man boobs. And I never knew it. And I asked my wife, I'm like, do I have man boobs? She's like, yeah. I'm like, what? How come no one told me I had man boobs? <laughs> and uh, from then on, I became obsessive. It just, it just, you know, it proves further the point that we're um, becoming insane uh, left and right politically. Like, because you have, you know, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez is talking about in the Green New Deal. She basically wants to make everybody vegan. And she went on some Showtime show where she was like, listen, we shouldn't be eating three hamburgers a day. And I'm like, bitch, this is America. I'll do what I want. <laughs> Uh, and then on the right, you have guys like Dr. Sean Baker who are eating nothing but meat. Right. And they're on the carnivore diet. Right. They're like, I'm a real man because I just eat steaks, ate them raw all yeah. day long. Right. Yeah, and it's yeah, like, yeah. okay, both of you are insane. Yeah. Can we yeah. just meet in the middle? Let's meet in the middle. Like, yeah. I like a little meat here and there. I don't like torturing animals. <laughs> we should try better not to torture animals at the same time. I like my steaks. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Now, there's going to come a time when we can grow that shit in the lab, and I think we should shoot for that. Yeah, I'm not into this. I used to be into this, and mm. then I I just, I'm assuming that it's going to be like the margarine of the 21st century. Uh, but, but you know, we could do it, because eh. there's, it's all molecules, man. Yeah, you that's what they said about it. margarine, too. They were like, margarine's <laughs> just like butter. I can't even believe it's not butter. I thought you seek truth, Tom Heinebury. We should yeah. be funding well, research. Well, I'll see it. When it happens, I'll be interested yeah, to see what's in up. what happens, but uh, I'm skeptical at yeah, the moment. Yeah, you should be skeptical. I have my skeptical hippo eyes on. You know what I'm saying? Just don't call the scientists soy boys because they get very (laughs) triggered by that. Uh, So what happens when you're on a suspension? When? How do you know when it's resolved? So in three days and 13 minutes, I can tweet again. (laughs) And y'all motherfuckers better watch out because I'm coming back at you hard, Chomsky. (laughs) (laughs) Sam Harris and Chomsky went at each other too, man. Sam actually had to publish his papers, like his email correspondence with him. Right. For anybody who doesn't know about that whole thing, it was um, Chomsky thinks that the American government is basically the most evil government in the history of the world because we have the highest body count. Right. Of things like the nuclear bomb and just how kick-ass we are in World 
wars. Um, you're welcome, everybody else. France, looking at you. And uh, Sam Harris was like, no, no, no. It's not about body count. It's about intent. intent. Yeah. It's about intent. And you know what? I, I will... You know, Americans got pushed into World War II, right? Uh, dude, and dude. we finished it with the A bomb, yeah, 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 or the H bomb at that and time. And that was the premise of that. As horrible as it was, the premise was to prevent even more losses on the ground in a bloody ground war of right. the Japanese mainland. And we could have bombed Tokyo, well, and we didn't. Right, right. I, I, I listen. The, it was the most awful thing that's ever happened in the history of humanity. Maybe in one given time, so many people lost their lives and were maimed and murdered and killed and destroyed. However, again, intention matters. So the intent was not to torture the Japanese people. The intent was to end the war quickly and with as least bloodshed as possible. So the you can argue whether it was the correct Plus, decision. I'm just going to say they drew first blood. So. <laughs> they drew first blood. You know, it's a usual countdown to a Rambo quote in this place. <laughs> Actually, that's the first Rambo quote that's left your lips in this, in this house of learning, this house of esteemed doctors. Uh, <laughs> um, no, no. So it's interesting. So I, I agree with Harris that intent matters. Like as a as a country, we don't intend to commit collateral damage. ISIS does. Right. Right. So making a moral equivalency between body count and ISIS versus the U.S. is totally stupid. And that's why I hate Noam Chomsky. And, yeah. And all liberals, really. <laughs> I just hate Noam Chomsky. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So it's it's quite interesting. So I had an interesting message actually the other day huh. from uh, a high school friend of mine that I hadn't heard from in a long time. And uh, uh, she's uh, Mormon by upbringing, but uh, is a Democrat mm. and lives in Florida. And so she's surrounded by very conservative uh, thought, a lot of Trump stuff, a lot of the other stuff. And, and she messaged me and said, listen, I think miracles still happen. I've been sharing your videos with people that are very conservative and very liberal, and they seem to each get something out of them that is some truth, some middle ground truth. And so whatever you're doing, keep doing it. And I was like, Oh, that's interesting. I hope that's actually true. Because if we were just if we just took some stance and just start fought for it until we died, I think we'd influence a lot less change. Again, speaking as the sage, as the yeah, teacher yeah. from the spark type, to me that's very powerful. Whereas if I'm just preaching to the choir or if I'm just then it's not as interesting. See, once I've found the truth and I know it's the truth in your mind. I will just hammer it until it's made, like until it's real, until like I've affected you or whatever. Like because I need the truth to be prevalent in the world. Interesting. Yeah. Well, you know? it explains a lot, actually. Hmm. The, these are fat. See, again, I'm I'm more and more convinced the Sparkotype thing. We should just buy them and call it something rational. Yeah. Like the rational personality type for <laughs> who you are. Like instead of the Sparkotype nonsense. Uh, Sparkotype sounds like some kind of Cliff Notes for like for morons oh and it's so bad their yeah. podcast is one of those npr whisper speak podcasts oh, where really? it's like, imagine yourself in a river with tangerine skies and marmalade trees lucy <laughs> in the sky with diamonds and you're like who talks like this stop talking like this terry gross when z first started doing a podcast he did a whisper talk podcast where he was like here's the thing i'm z dog mt and i'm testing these new microphones i was like he was like what do you think of the podcast i was like stop it just <laughs> stop it right now yeah I hear where you're coming from, Tom, and I understand, but I also disagree. It's funny, too, because I think people don't realize that uh, because you are the teacher, the sage, who's trying to take in information and, and make um, you know decisions based on that, and I'm the scientist who's always looking for truth, sometimes when you see me and Z behind the scenes, it's Z being like, here's this thing I'm thinking about, and I'm like, that's the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard of, Z. Are you are you serious? That's what you think? That's dumb. And I, it, like, yeah. I'm Z's number two, and I'm dressing him down behind the scenes. <laughs> but you know what's funny and about And he's it. like, I don't know why you feel this way, Tom. 
<laughs> What's funny about it is like the way I perceive Tom's uh, uh, actions are like this. Oh, this is entertaining. Tom's got, a, <laughs> Tom's got a point of view that I'm not going to agree with, but I'll just sit here and kind of smile because it's funny as hell. <laughs> so that's the thing is like it takes it would take months to convince me of a stance. Although hanging out with Tom has moved me more to the center from my far left, mm. uh, which is good. It's actually good for what I do for a living, which is yeah. trying to communicate both sides. So now I'm, you know, now I, oh, and we haven't even announced, I might as well announce it now because I think my kid's school knows, but we're announce. moving the show back to the Bay. Hell yeah. Bay Area. I mean, uh, I'm not going there. <laughs> that's right. These two assholes are going to- Full of liberals, Yeah, exactly. They can't stand the truth, but- I'll be living in the center of the truth, and we're going to be more engaged, I think, in the milieu of healthcare in the different academic institutions that we can get guests. And just have, honestly, the real reason I'm moving back is that all my social network and friends, close connections are there except for you two. So we're going to fly you fools up. We're mm-hmm. going to still make it work. We'll have a new studio there, but we're going to be based in the Bay Area starting probably midsummer. Let me tell you a story I heard. I heard a story recently where a man uh, has himself picked up in a van from Atherton to San Francisco every single day. And you're like, that doesn't sound that weird, Tom. There's rich people in Atherton. And of course, they would have a driver who would pick them up. In the back of the van is a Peloton bicycle and a television. And <laughs> he, he does his stationary bike workout while being driven in a car on the way to work instead of just biking there like a normal fucking person. <laughs> And this is the place you want to move back to, Z. Yes, it is, Tom Hunter. Where this is this kind of behavior is tolerated. Yes, it is. Although I'm going to say this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Soy boy in the water. Uh, I'm moving to a part of the bay which I will not name because anti-vaxxers will try to murder me. Uh, it's part, San Mateo, California. Uh, close to San Mateo, yes. Please go there and murder him. San Mateo. Where there's actually working class people who are not fabulously wealthy and they're actually decent people. Now, the people are going to think you live in San Mateo now because I said that. But I, I it, he doesn't. No, it's San Mateo. I was born in San Mateo. Actually, San Mateo is the right answer because, you know. <laughs> but uh, uh, let's see. So uh, Rosie Garcia says, finally, you told them. Yeah, I told Rosie like months ago. She came to a talk of mine. She's a supporter. And uh, I was like, yeah, I'm moving back to the Bay. Don't tell anyone. And she was really good about not telling anyone. Hey. Yeah. Um, yeah, because we decided, you know, it was a, it was a lot of soul searching because, again, I had to think about what's the best thing to do what, what we do. The problem with Vegas is wonderful. I love it. Actually, if I didn't have to move, I wouldn't. Like, I, I think this is a fantastic place to live. For people who don't know or haven't been here, uh, really experienced the city outside the Strip, Vegas is a very utilitarian place. Like, the cost of living is cheap here. We, like, you can be anywhere in the city in 15 minutes driving. Like, it's such a great place to just be able to do your shit. It it's really is. fantastic. There's no state income tax. Mm-hmm. The weather most of the year is fantastic. There's outdoor stuff. It's one flight away from everywhere. So... For that reason, I, we didn't want to move. The problem was every time we go back to the Bay for a radical sabbatical in the summer for a couple of weeks, I end up going, oh man, there's so much going on here that could energize the show. And then us personally with our kids and the families that are friends of ours there and reconnecting with all the doctors that I know and that kind of thing. So it became a personal decision that was also a business decision. But honestly, if I could move back to Vegas and make it work, I would do it because this place is fucking amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Uh, that's I what, have a conflict. I have a love hate relationship with Vegas because, like, you know, Vegas is so easy. It's easy to live here. Um, at the same time, it's still not really a place you want to raise your children. Right. Like I was doing cocaine at fifteen, 
Wow. Uh, yeah. You know, in high school. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. I was cooler than all of you guys. Like, let's be real. <laughs> well, you're looking for truth. Yeah. And the truth can only be found when you're fucking king of the world. Doing copious amounts of drugs. Exactly. But, you know, I looking back, that's not like a normal story. Most people weren't doing cocaine in high school. They waited till college. Like, respectable exactly. frat like, boys, respectable you know. People, yeah. um, <laughs> you know what's interesting? I've never done cocaine. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah. It's It's a very weird drug. The first hit of cocaine is like... <gasps> This is the greatest feeling I've ever felt. We should start a business, man. Here's the thing. You know how there's all those lumberjacks up in Oregon and they just cut down the trees? We should cut down the trees. We could make furniture out of them. We're going to call, call it Lorax Industries. And it's so, going to be amazing. Yeah, it's like the dumbest. And then you take your second hit and you get to like 80% of that feeling. And the third hit, 60%. And the fourth hit, 10%. And then you keep doing line after line after line until suddenly you're super cracked out mm. and you just feel... You know that feeling when you've had too much coffee mm. and you're jittery and shaky? The feeling on cocaine is like that times a thousand, uh, right? And so then you have to take a sleeping pill or like a Xanax or something to go to to come down off of cocaine. It's Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, and it. when you do that, you're like, I might die if I take this pill, but whatever, who cares? <gasps> and then you go to sleep. <laughs> and then you wake up and you're like, I probably shouldn't do that again. You know? Well, I'm glad. I feel like I've done it now. I don't have to ever do that. I don't have to check that off my bucket list. Don't do coke. Yeah, it's no, terrible. No. DMT, LSD, yeah. psilocybin. Occasional marijuana. I'm just, I'm, I, I just keep it chill. Yeah, I'm just like Miller Lite right now. You know what I'm saying? You know what? Low carbs. What was it? Michelob? Michelob Ultra. Ultra. Low carb. Low carb. Yep. Mm -hmm. Couple Norcos on top of that. You're golden. <laughs> Listen, do as I say, not as I do, people. Oh, man. Some Cali people are giving me some love here. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. So, and, oh, and here's the thing. So, I put this uh, link that we're going to be broadcasting out of the Beta Brand Theater in March. Uh, it's earlier in one of the Facebook posts. Mm, yeah. So, we already almost sold out all the tickets. Uh, there are just a few left. So, if you want to. Am I coming? Uh, to that one, if you want to come. Uh, am I invited, Z? Uh, yeah. Do we get to do this? Because I would love to just speak truth to power in front of all the liberals. Oh, my God. It would be amazing. Tom's going to come and do microaggressions in the mission. The last time uh, we were in San Francisco, I dropped microaggressions all over the city. That's true. Um, so did. I just wrote microaggressions on pieces of paper, and then I left them like, around San Francisco. Didn't you write something about Hillary Clinton? I was like, Hillary would have run this country into the ground. I just left Yeah, and it he would just a... stick it on a sticky on a post in San Francisco. <laughs> uh, and and, and I, was, I was laughing my ass off. I'm like, this is pretty funny. This is pretty... And people... Didn't some guy read it and throw it away? Like, he was just like, oh, oh, Yeah, we came back and it was gone. Yeah, it was gone. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody was like, how, I, I never. <laughs> like, what, what kind of liberal voice is this? You have the, the guy with the peanut and the monocle? Like, hey, no, I never. These conservatives? Uh, hey, his name is Mr. Peanut. How dare you? <laughs> Sorry. Okay. I didn't realize that I was committing a microaggression <laughs> by, by stereotyping him as just a monocled nut. Can I tell you, when I grew up in Arkansas, we uh, lived ne near the peanut factory, and they had a huge Mr. Peanut outside. Oh, wow. So when I was a kid, I'd drive by a giant 50-foot Mr. Peanut every single day. Holy smokes. Yeah, it was dope. That's tremendous. And he had the big monocle and the whole thing. Yeah. And nobody had peanut allergies then, did they? Nah, there's no such thing as peanut allergies. <laughs> <laughs> This is where your search for truth has, has stumbled upon just straight lies. Uh, I love it. All right. I think we should end this. What do you think? I'm down. Yeah. I think you know we what? did a thing. Hit the mic with my hand. Hold I'm, on. I'm Wait, done. No, we're not done yet. Let's we're not do, done do some, until the Collins. fat Phil sings. Here it is. I remember. Don't worry. Don't worry. Oh. This is where your search for truth has stumbled There you go. You were drowning. I, I would not lend a hand. I've seen her face before, my friend. But I don't know if you know who I am. 
what you did. I saw it with my own two eyes. You can wipe off that grin. I know where you've been. It's all been a pack of lies. I can feel it. And we out. Hey, it's Dr. Z. Thanks for getting through the whole episode. That's a huge accomplishment. <laughs> and so at this point, I just got to ask you for a few favors because it just helps us so much if you leave a review on your favorite podcast platform and subscribe. It, it just really helps the algorithm to get this message out to others. The second thing is email me, hello at zdogmd.com. I get all these emails personally. I can't respond to them all, but I need to hear your voice because especially on podcast, we don't have a comment section. And I want to hear how this episode affected you, what you'd like to hear in the future, what you think we got wrong, what we think we got right, anything, anything, or just say hi. So that's really powerful. And the third thing is financially, it helps us a lot to support the show in any way you can. And if you go to zdogmd.com forward slash supporters, you can join our supporter tribe on your favorite platform, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, wherever. What that will get you on those platforms is live shows with me that are exclusive for supporters and access to our Zoom meetings where we talk about awakening realization and we share with each other our own experience. It's a powerful group effect. It's a community, really. And we support and love each other and share, again, through our own experience, how we're waking up. So, and that that ripples out into systems, into transforming healthcare and education and government. So it st really starts with us. So join us there if you can. Again, zdogmd.com forward slash supporters. And I'm so grateful to have you with us.